0: Welcome back to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome back to part two of our ongoing series, what we're calling the Spidey Rewatch. My name is Justin, and with Spider-Man No Way Home just days away from general release, we're continuing with our look back at the past Spider-Man movies. Today, we'll be talking about the Sony MCU Spider-Man movies starring Tom Holland. But before we get to that, if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for today's episode are my fellow FOS, friends of Spider-Man, Kevin, Kevin, Nate, how are you, boys? Thwip, good,
1: man, good. Listen, that's 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 not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you, okay?
2: Um, <laughs> wow, doing well. Just hey, okay. do a flip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Spider Man. Uh, oh, it's so good. He's so good. I was so happy to see him in this rewatch because I kind of forgot he was in this, and of course we saw him in Shang Chi. Yeah, uh, so good.
0: Well, let's not waste any time. Let's let's get right into it. As mentioned, today's episode is part two of our rewatch series. And today, we're discussing the Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures shared films, Spider-Man Homecoming from 2017 and Spider-Man Far From Home from 2019. Like before, we're talking about these movies with full spoilers. So you've been warned, get out of here if you haven't seen these movies. Like literally get out of here because I don't understand what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> but before we get into all of... Talking about the, the Holland verse and, and the MCU influence. Let's 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 take a trip down memory lane and learn a little bit more about how we got here. So after the Amazing Spider-Man 2 received a rather negatively mixed reception from critics and fans, Sony was gearing up for the Amazing Spider-Man 3, because of course, what else would you do? Which was uh, planned to feature the oh so apparent Sinister Six and Spidey in what was supposed to be a black suit, potentially hinting at Venom. So if they didn't have enough villains in two, they were going to just cram them in this one. But yet again, Sony says, nah, let's let's just reboot. Enter Kevin Feige. Now, there's probably better details out there about how this all went down, but the gist of the situation is Marvel and Sony struck up a deal that would allow Marvel to help Sony build a new Spider-Man trilogy, while using the character in crossover movie events. It's been said what prompted this discussion was the desire to feature Spider-Man in Captain America's Civil War in 2016. After a lot of back and forth, they struck up a deal, and this led to Spider-Man making his appearance in the MCU and having a whole new backstory connected to Tony Stark and starring a younger actor by Tom Holland. After his first appearance in Civil War, we got our first Marvel-Sony partnered film uh, in 2017, Spider-Man Homecoming, and then more crossover event stuff, Infinity War, Endgame, and then he closed out Phase 3 with Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019. Now, there's been a lot of back and forth with the studios about sharing these rights, but I'm happy to say they struck a deal, which is why we are getting the final movie in this trilogy of movies and the potential for more movies featuring Tom Holland as Spider-Man. So with all of that out of the way, Let's talk about these movies. Let's talk about the Spider-Man Home series. Both films, including the upcoming one, directed by John Watts, starring Tom Holland, Zendaya, Jacob Batalon, Marissa Tomei, Jon Favreau, um, Michael Keaton as the Vulture, Jake Gillenall as Mysterio. Any uh, any other shout-out uh, cast members from this series? I mean,
1: you're totally leaving Gwyneth out of the mix, although I think she forgot that she was even in the movie, apparently. That's what I... I'd heard something
2: like that. <laughs> And you get oh, a little Donald Glover, which is, you know, oh, a possible oh, yeah. hint at something in the future, maybe a little, a little sure. prowler
0: action, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but very much like our last conversation around the Toby Garfield movies. What did you guys like about these movies? What didn't you like about them? What worked? What didn't work? Let's discuss.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one of the the smartest things and we we talked about how overstuffed you know those uh, those first two movies or those first first two Spider Man series are because of sort of the origin story and it it, it worked in Spider Man One but then in Amazing we were we we didn't need it uh, and we don't we don't need it again in in the in this series so for them to kick it off not with Peter but with the villain of of Homecoming I just thought that that helps so much to. Instantly ground the audience in relating to the villain, understanding the villain's motives even more. Uh, and I thought it was actually pretty bold and pretty smart for them to just be like, cool, the first thing you're going to see is our villain. I don't know. I,
2: I, I really dug that. Yeah, everyone, likes,
0: back. everyone likes a good hero, but everyone loves a good villain, man. Right. So, you know, especially one that you can connect with.
2: Well, and then moving from there, I know. Technically, our first introduction to the character is in Civil War, Civil War. Yeah. but the first scene of introducing Peter Parker here, sort of that origin story done very differently, the The clips of how he participated in Civil War yeah, yeah, was, was so great, yeah. fun, it was so <laughs> brilliant, it was just such a great introduction for that character, and we, we learn all we sort of need to learn about him through that in such a different way than the previous two series did.
1: And it's funny, you know, it speaks to the youth. I think instantly of this Peter Parker. Yes, we exactly. get, we, you know, we see kids all all the day, every day. They're vlogging themselves. They're recording stuff, you know. Uh, and so to see him just sort of making his own little video uh, was so so much fun.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that that really goes to the sort of pitch. I think it was it was the original pitch of you know when it was announced that they were going to be doing these movies, and it was grounding it in a very John Hughes inspired, you know, yeah. high school comedy dramedy sort of mentality right and at times it's it's funny with the nostalgic punk rock music and and stuff like that it really does capture that similarity to those genre films from the 80s um and and it it plays with those tropes right like there's that fantastic scene when you know towards the end of of homecoming when he he has to get ready for the dance and i just think that that you know again it it plays more to those tropes but it's interesting to see peter parker you know spider-man having to do with this stuff so it's it's cool i liked it
2: well, and even speaking to that, I mean the scene where he sw- swings through the backyards, and oh, yeah. then they show Ferris Bueller doing, you know, and it's such yeah, an homage exactly. to that. But 100%, I hundred percent. But I think first and foremost, what works for this movie is that we have an actor that looks like he could be in high school. We have a right. flash that doesn't look like he's 35 years old because <laughs> he isn't 35 years old. You know, like, that's really where they nail the casting is that these all feel like high school kids. They act like high school kids of sure. their time. It's 100%. just, it's yeah. just so, it, such was, it was very better casting very, in that regard. Yeah, it's
0: very age appropriate, right? It's, it's, everything is, is gauged properly from, from the situations, to the narrative of, of being in high school. It all just, it works as a, as a perfect formula.
1: And moving further away from, you know, the very first uh, Toby Spider-Man, you know, this is a it's it's so much less theatrical, right? Obviously, it is a lot more grounded in that reality. We've gone through superhero movies by now, so they know how to do it. Um, but I just love like, you know, you brought up Flash. Tony Revolori is he's, he's that perfect sort of balance of bully, but still friend. In a way, so they can still redeem that character. They can still make him For sure. you know, a likable character on like our previous flashes. But yeah. I really wanted to just quickly jump into um Batalon's character. Um I just think Ned is incredibly endearing. He's he's the audience of the movie, right? He's the one we we connect through uh in in getting to be an FOS, a friend of Spider-Man. And I just think he does such a wonderful job of being that side character. And that's that's what I think these movies do. Better than any of the other Spider-Man movies is we actually get more than just Peter Parker in terms of characters and character yes. development, and and it's just it's such a welcome addition, um, and which is why I'm so happy that we're going to get more Ned uh, and more more MJ in in what looks like in the next uh, in the next installment.
0: And I think it it goes back to, you know, the thing that started it all, and that's that's Marvel stepping in to say, hey, let, let us help you with this. Right. We, we, we can we can benefit from it and we can help you benefit from it. So let's let's just do this right. And the reason why this fits so well is because Marvel Studio found the way to make it fit into their cinematic universe, right They, they knew how to integrate it.
2: Well, and another thing they did so well is they looked at those previous two series and I think we were all in agreement that the thing that hindered those two yep. series the most, was an over reliance on too many villains, and yep. Kevin Feige and Marvel said, "No, we're going to have one very, very well defined villain." I mean, the uh, you know um, Adrian Toomes or the Vulture is still one of the best yes. Marvel villains we've ever had. We understand his motivations for why yep. he's doing what he's doing. Michael Keaton is so. Good and intimidating in that role. Uh, The scene, the scene in the car. Holy moly! With the lights, (laughs) it goes
0: from red to green, and it's It's just so perfectly timed, dude.
1: And I gotta say, you know, I think the MCU is at its best with its villains when we're getting these villains that are like a direct result of the fallout left behind. Behind the Avengers, you know, we've got character, like a character like Zemo, for instance, is that exact mold, and we get it again with Vulture, and then again with Mysterio, and they do such a good job at still keeping these concepts fresh, while following that same pattern of, you know, the little guy, the guy that was, that's underneath these big heroes, that's not... Uh, a huge deal that wants to be that wants to be something more and and you can instantly connect with that because that's ultimately what our heroes want and that's even you know to a certain degree what our side characters they want to be a little bit more uh than they are and they sort of see all these other people just they just they get it because what they're rich or they have a god or what like why is that fair and so i think it plays off that so well over and over again while still staying fresh
0: yeah, it, cre- it creates uh, attention through through their through the events of their of, of what's happened in their universe, and I think that that is smart. It helps bind this all together, and and, and in, in a lot of ways binds this Spider-Man to the MCU, like really, really like integrally. We, let's go even deeper now with that theory and think about the origin story in this series. And how related it is to Tony Stark and the importance of Tony Stark and like how that's his Uncle Ben moment in the sense, right? Sure. This oh, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, th- what this movie these movies do so well is they avoid an unnecessary plot line involving his mysterious parents. And they do really replace that Uncle Ben sort of inspiration for the character at, with Tony and and Happy as his sort of father figures guiding him through this experience. And it just, it, like you said, it works to not only define this version of Spider-Man, but also incorporate him into the larger MCU picture.
0: I will say, though, that clearly Ben Parker does exist in Tom Holland's universe. I don't know if you guys caught this, but in Far From Home, he puts the suitcase on his bed, and it says BF, BFP, which is... Ben Franklin Parker, so uh, he, he there there's there's probably a story there, and right. you know this might get into more of a prediction side. But do you think we'll see that? Do you think we'll see if there is a story there?
1: My feeling is there's a line early, very early on. Actually, in fact, right after Ned uh, discovers uh, that his best friend is Spider Man, and he says, you know, May is going through so much right She's now, after and she can't through. handle this. And I do, I think that was really the line to say. Uncle Ben is, has passed now and, and it was recent. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where they're just going to leave it. I don't think they need to tie it up with a bow. I don't think they need to revisit it in sure. any way. Because as you said, I think Tony really was that for sure. our audience, right? Yeah. And and for, for Peter. Maybe Peter didn't even know Uncle Ben that well, right? Well, that's before it. this all went or down.
0: Could or have been a, it could have been another relative, like an, a great uncle
2: or something like that. Right? Sure. Or, her or he dad. wasn't. Or, or his. His death wasn't what inspired him to become Spider-Man. I think, I think what I took from the scene you were talking about, Nate, is more maybe he died of a surprise heart attack or got in a car accident or something. I yeah. think his de- his death was completely unrelated to the origin of Peter becoming Spider-Man and that is where we'll sort of he, we just know he's gone and Aunt May is on her own. Then that's all well, we'll ever know.
0: Yeah. Well, in Civil War, you know, when when Tony goes to meet him and they're they're sitting in his bedroom, he says like when you can do the things that I can do and you don't, people get hurt. And I think that was more of the line mm-hmm that was probably is. directed With to... With great power comes great responsibility. responsibility nice. yeah. right? It was just a there twist on that. So casting Zendaya as MJ, which again, no one really knew who her character was until the end of Homecoming. So I thought that was a right. real great sort of Smart. subversion of, of who that character was and especially her portrayal of MJ. Um, you know, we we had MJ in in the original uh, St. Raimi series and then we had Gwen Stacy. Very much obvious, obvious romantic uh, personalities but I think she's been solid she's so comedic she's not the typical MJ romantic personality
1: yeah and she can hold her own you know she's yeah. she's going. you know she's not out there waiting for someone to rescue her she's there just she's doing her own thing and uh, I love how again how weird she is I think is really really awesome especially like she's portraying again they're, they're all younger characters so she's acting like sort of a you know a, a teenager trying to find her way and I just think that I don't know man I find that like she 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 likes Peter in the first one. Like in, in Homecoming 100%. she's stalking them. She's 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 there at all the different moments. How, how did it say so suddenly that he was but stalking? See, I her? Think, I think it was supposed to be sort of assumed of the idea that like, yeah, so she's spending enough time trying to like look at him so eventually he notices her, especially with Liz out of the picture. Like I think
2: that's kind of uh, for sure. the, the, for what sure. I got from it at least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and Zendaya's just she's cool as shit. And, <laughs> and so she brings this perfect sort of balance to she's got so much confidence and she knows who she is and is and is really proud of that. And that's such a great counterbalance to Peter, who's awkward and, you know, going through the typical angst of a teenager while also trying to figure out how to be a superhero. You know, it's it, that's a struggle going through puberty and being a superhero at the same time. And so he's the opposite of that. And that's why I think they work so well. Uh, especially in the second movie, uh, their chemistry just just explodes because of that.
0: Well, it is one of the highlights for for no for no way home. I, I'm I'm interested to see what's next for them uh, in that capacity because I think it's unlike the other movies where it's been hot and cold, hot and cold with the love interests. It seems like this has been a, an appropriate. Gradual build to you know inevitably in this third one, seeing a little bit more comfortability and a little bit more connection uh, between the the two of them. But I gotta say, I loved I loved in the Homecoming some of her lines that she would drop, like when she's like, "You guys are so lame for coming to this party. Why are you here? Am I here? <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> so cool <good>. as shit." <laughs> as she's yeah. making
2: as she's making a sandwich in some some random person's kitchen, <laughs> confidence, man. She's so confident. Yeah yeah she's awesome
0: okay cool well i got a couple questions before we kind of get into prediction mode here um so i I think the first question is obviously having watched these two films um uh, you know which one is a better film for you guys which one did you enjoy more uh was there one that that stood out as as being better than the other
1: i think you know for me uh home homecoming is is so well done in, in its simplicity it's a uh, it's you know it's it's the high school yeah. movie with Spider-Man at like we said it's the John Hughes the Ferris Bueller's Day Off the Breakfast Club inspirations Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes is phenomenal probably my favorite uh villain from the Spider-Man universe um out of all of them it, it, oh, even over Doc Ock I again I cannot wait to see more Vulture um and I know he's going to come back at some point um but uh I will say Still, for me, far from home, I prefer it more. Um, I think it's 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 a well more it's it's a little bit more varied in terms of its locations. Um, the visuals are phenomenal. With the moments with Mysterio are so mind bending and trippy and really get you. And even in my second, you know, or probably I guess my third or fourth watch at this point, I, I I still was like I got caught off guard by the moment he gets shot in the back. I was just blown away. Um, I think Quentin Beck is is great, Um, and I just think, you know, as far as the the overall look at Spider-Man, it's, it's a side of Spider-Man where Peter is more comfortable as Spider-Man. We don't have to waste any time getting him to get to know his Spidey suit, to get to know how he can be Spider-Man, how he can be a hero. He's already there, and he's feeling the grief and loss of Tony, and it, it touches upon something that I don't think a lot of movies do, which is the aspect of... Heroes getting tired. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's such a simple thing, but heroes getting tired and dealing with grief, and, and it focuses on that crisis of identity. The That's such a theme that's so strong for all of our Spider-Man movies. So, for me, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Far From Home, and I do think, for me, it is it is the movie I like more, for yeah. sure.
0: Homecoming was, was my favorite movie of the two. Mm-hmm. And I think it was for everything that you said, it, the, the simplicity, Michael Keaton was fantastic. It stayed really focused on being what it was, a very high school inspired movie with, with superhero traits. Um, and and I, I absolutely loved it. I think they 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 hit it out of the park with that one. It was like, here's a whole new Spidey. Um, and, and even just doing the rewatch. Yeah, I, I feel like Far From Home, while... I do love Mysterio, and I love I love a lot of the qualities. I think it does do a lot to try to beef up the spectacle of of Spider Man. They've done the simple movie. Now let's go a little bit bigger. Let's take him globe trotting across Europe. Let's let's and uh, you know intertwine some some very big spectacle demons. I, I liked the friendly neighborhood quality to Spider Man Homecoming. In Far From Home, that is coming off the the, the heels of of Endgame, losing Tony. Is he going to be the next Iron Man? Can he be? the best that he can be without Tony, you know, those are, those are compelling things, but I feel like Homecoming hit it out of the park, man.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love far from home. Uh, It is always a little weird when you take Spider-Man out of Queens or out of New York. It's always a little weird. Um, I just think, I I mean, personally, I think Homecoming is the best live action Spider-Man we've ever had. I think what really stands out about it for me is that, it's an origin story done differently than any other origin story we've seen in the MCU. I mean, even with, with, uh, Shang-Chi, you know, it's back to that sort of cookie cutter formula that Marvel does really well, but all sort of start to feel the same in that origin story formula. And this one just does it so differently. And, and, And I loved him getting to know his Spidey suit. That was a fun Mm -hmm. twist on that origin. And him and Karen just have that such a great little mini adventure in the middle of this movie to really help him explore and and get into the role. And I just think it it works so well in, in that regard. Ned being the audience, you know, Oh, if I were you, I would just stand on the edge of a building and shoot them as far as I could, you know, like just <laughs> or like his his question when he's like, "Do you lay eggs?" Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> when he's constantly questioning him, it's so good. Oh, and, it, yeah. and just
0: and just I loved how they cut that together and, and they put they put all those scenes and they and to your point, Nate, like you said, he he is the audience. He, we get to experience yeah. that fandom. Imagine your best friend is Spider-Man and and that's that's sort of how we felt as an audience member watching the movie. But, you know, going back to Far From Home, I I do think that its inspiration was definitely the high school year trip uh, Spider-Man story, right? So, you know, like I get what they were going with, but I I think it is to Kevin's point. It's always a little strange when you take Spider-Man out of New York, especially like New York was almost a character in the past two movie series. um,
1: But where we where we lose that New York, we gain more of a side story for ned we gain more of an mj relationship blooming we do and i think it's it's kind of nice that we get to sort of spend a little bit more time with the people around peter as well as peter himself as he goes through these problems um i don't know man i i just maybe i just want to travel more maybe that's it you know we, we talk. i'm in love with luca let's just go to italy right now and i'll, I'll dress up as a
0: uh, night monkey And we'll we'll hang out. (laughs) (laughs) Night monkey. Night squirrel, more like it. So now, you know, we've been talking about Tom Holland. And, you know, on our last episode, we talked about the portrayals of of both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield as as Spider Man, aka Peter Parker. And I got to know with Tom Holland in the equation, what do you guys think? Kev, let's start with you.
2: Uh, I think on our last show, I had mentioned how Tobey Maguire was the better Peter Parker, whereas Andrew Garfield was the better. Spider-Man and in this one it's just the combination it's the best of both worlds this is far and away the best Spider-Man we could have ever hoped for he's absolutely perfect for this role he, this is the role he was born to play um, you know I got a little nervous with you know uh, recent rumors that he, you know suggested he maybe want to step away from the role and it's like dude Be in these movies for as long as they let you. Come on. (laughs) Like, we deserve it. We need this. So, no, I just think he's number one in in terms of that.
0: I can get as an actor, you know, you don't want to be typecasted. You want to also, if you're young, you want to explore your your acting capabilities and how far you can go. And I think that he's been praised more for Spider Man than I think he has in other movies. Um, That being said, I, I agree with you, Kevin. I think he is the best realization of Spider Man. And they, they hit it out of the park with the casting on, on this one. And-,
1: and I think, you know, we have to remember, though, this is his sixth, you know, with the upcoming movie, it'll be his sixth time yeah. portraying Peter Parker, no matter how big of a part he had in the different movies. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they they take his character forward. But Tom Holland is my favorite uh, Peter Parker, I think, uh, out of all of them. I I, yeah. I definitely would, uh, would agree. I think... You know, the part that still sticks with me, and I know I just recently watched it, but even throughout, like even just thinking back to Far From Home, the moment on the plane with Happy where where he breaks down and he so says emotional. he misses Tony, yeah. it like hits so hard. And that's like some of the best acting I've ever seen Tom Holland do. And I'm I'm intrigued to see in the, in this next one, we, we do see that, you know, in the trailer, he's, he's letting the tears loose. So I feel like we're going to get a little bit more of that. But I just found that like, the 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 way that they fast tracked his character development was smart and well done right unlike something like spider-man 3 where they're like let's just put a venom suit on him and then speed that aspect of his character up because
2: he's got a venom Did suit on Denio. right <laughs> finger guns
1: and stuff like that like that was such a, a poor way to handle how do we make this character uh development fast like how do we how do we speed it up and so, you know, everyone who's watching Spider-Man, you know, especially by the time we get to No Way Home, they understand like where he's been. They he's been through, you know, Civil War, Infinity War exactly. and uh and and Endgame. And so it's just a, it's so well done. So that when he when we get to that line, it still works. It doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel like they just put it in there because they gotta talk about Tony. Like it's so good and I just I can't wait to see what he does in the next movie. And and I, again, I like you said, Kevin, I really hope he does stick
2: around, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, and I even think from a physicality standpoint, the fact that he has his background in dancing just brings this authenticity to his movements. He looks legitimate doing what he's doing there. He's just so believable under the suit. And that, again, helps so much with the character. Everything about what Tom Holland brings works from his comedic chops, his excellent dramatic acting, and then, uh, uh, you know, his physicality. He's nailing top marks in all, in all you know, categories.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, you called out that scene, Nate, uh, in Far, Far From Home on the Plane. You know, I think an even better example, too, is, is Infinity War when he gets dusted. That was yeah. all improvised. That was, yeah. like, all-in-the-moment sort of acting. And, again, just goes to show that, like, Obviously, for Tom Holland, Peter Parker is a huge opportunity and a, a huge door opener for him. And he's even being able to push himself with his acting abilities and his range with a fictional character that means so much to fans. And it's resonating with fans. So, yeah, he's my favorite Spider-Man, too. I think it's across the board. We we love him as Spider-Man.
1: He's not my favorite Spider-Man. He's my favorite Peter Parker. Okay, Because my favorite favorite Spider-Man is in a movie we didn't talk about.
0: (laughs) Um, But you know what? Speaking of more Tom Holland as Peter Parker, Spider-Man, let's get into wrapping this up with predictions. Now, so many rumors are surrounding this third movie which has been building this huge hype around it. And it's actually really exciting. Like, I, I don't know if you guys are... I i don't think I've felt like this since, like, a summer blockbuster, like, five or six years ago, you know. But, like, you know, coming out of a pandemic and, you know, all the hype and all the, the, the question marks around this movie, it is super fun uh, as a fan to just, you know, be excited to see this movie. So I got to know, what... Are your predictions for this film, and not maybe not just this film, but for the future of Tom Holland as Spider-Man, with rumors of more Marvel Studio Sony Picture films to come? Kepp,
2: uh, well, I, I do just want to touch on what you were talking about there. This uh, this idea, you know, this movie is being talked about so much, and I think this is maybe one of the most brilliant movie marketing strategies of all time. Marvel knew that there were going to be a lot of rumors. It's hard to keep things away from us prowling geeks for too long <laughs> and so the way they've slowly revealed things that we all suspected to be true and every couple months we're talking about another rumor, another possibility for this movie and we have been for over a year for well before even the first trailer drop. this movie has just been popping up in discussion boards, anywhere that geeks even regular people, people are talking about this movie nonstop. I don't know the last time I've seen a movie with this much hype going into it. And I think it's easily going to be the top performing movie of the pandemic age. Uh, And I think it's almost a shame that it's coming out where there are still people who might be a little uncomfortable going to the theaters uh, because I think this movie in a regular movie season, a movie year would just do bonanza numbers. I think it would just be unbelievable. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, More excited for this movie than I have been any movie in a long, long time. Uh, And, you know, in terms of what I think is going to happen, I mean, now we know the villains are all in it. So that's out of the way. Um, And I think we're all pretty confident that we're going to get the the Spider-Man mashup that we've all been dreaming of since, I mean, Into the Spider-Verse did it in the cartoon world. Yeah, man. I mean, hype is at
1: an all-time high. I think even somebody said, is this like Endgame level hype? And to me,
0: no, I gotta say bigger.
1: I think it's bigger. Yeah, it's yeah. bigger than Endgame. Because here's the thing. It's Spider-Man, right? It's yeah. it's not the Avengers. It's not even necessarily the MCU, which it I mean it is. But it's also Spider-Man. And Spider-Man in itself I think has the most sort of appeal to a wider audience. I do think it is a little bit strange, however, to think of the idea that like People are going to go into this movie who might not have ever seen Toby, who might not have ever seen Andrew Garfield. And is that going to work for them? Is that payoff really going to be there, which means how much are they actually going to focus on that? Because I think, you know, we we know Marvel is really smart with this stuff. They're mm-hmm. going to want to make sure it's balanced. They're not going to focus too hard on that. But then if they don't
0: focus hard enough, the is it going to make act. us happy? Right. They're going to be right? the last act. They're going to be that yeah. the last act.
2: But yeah, it's sure. so funny you bring that up because, uh, you know, I know for myself, my mom has never seen the Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield right. ones. And so this week, her assignment is she's watching a movie a night leading up to going <laughs> nice. to see it this weekend. So yeah. Because I think it is so important that if these characters are going to be there, and they're obviously going to be very important in helping us understand the villains that come along with them and, right. and their relationship with those because our Peter in this universe won't have those relationships. And so, yeah, I think you're insane if you don't watch the other ones. Even even if we don't get the Spider-Man, you kind of have to watch those movies so you know who these villains are and, right. and so yeah. it makes sense and it's and it's relevant. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, I think, you know, again, you guys talk about the hype level. It's it, it's 100% at an all-time high. It is way bigger than Endgame. And I even think Infinity War was bigger than Endgame, in in all honesty, because Infinity War really set it up. And then it was just a matter of getting to Endgame. And obviously Endgame closed it out perfectly. But if you look at Infinity War and the hype around that, the first part of the two-part story and how excited everyone was and just wanted to get into it, this is bigger. And I think that you're you're right, Nate. It's Spider-Man. But it also has all the MCU goodies in it for multiverse for doctor strange bigger things that they're planting things that they've already been seen throughout the disney plus series and, and movies from this past year so there's just so much that this one movie is going to house for both sony and marvel that it's going to have them huge success but with that yeah i think the prediction that i have is we'll get the spider-man in the last act We'll get the villains before we get toby and, and andrew garfield they'll they'll be coming in towards that last climactic battle and i know that you mentioned it kevin i i think it's it's a fair assessment to say that when mj is falling i don't think that that's holland's hand that is going to be reaching out and grabbing her because some eagle eyes noticed that uh, the gloves are a hundred percent not the same gloves that holland is wearing in that fight sequence so
1: we'll see listen justin i'm I love all these predictions. I'm a little disappointed at how safe they are, you know. We're talking about Spider-Man. He jumps off buildings and you guys are running on the ground right now, okay? I'm going to throw out a I'm throwing out a theory and it's a, I'm taking a risk. I'm doing that scene in every Spider-Man movie where he jumps across the building for the first time and I hope to woo! God, my yeah, woo! I hope to God my 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 webs work. I am going to put out a theory that J.K. Simmons, James Jonah Jameson is more than meets the eye in this universe. Because here's the deal, guys. Think about it. Think about it. Spider-Man. Uh, James Jonah J- Jameson is in the world of our Peter Parker prior to the MCU's, to the multiverse collapsing. How did he get there? My theory is that he's Mephisto. Hear me out in our previous uh, Spider-Man talk we talk about Bruce Campbell being there at the worst times that Spider-Man has ever b- had been a part of every time Peter Parker has had something horrible happen to him it's he's been there this J.K. Simmons will transform into Bruce Campbell <laughs> Mephisto at some point at the end of the movie in some way I'm just saying that's my, that's my Hail Mary for Mephisto, but my more reserved version of that theory, yes, is that J.K. Simmons is more than meets the eye. The other thing I want to quickly throw out here, and I don't know if we talked about this or not, but in the second Spider-Man movie, J.K. Simmons says, uh, when his assistant in the Tobey Maguire one, J.K. Simmons' assistant says, what about if we name him, uh, if we name Dr. Octopus, Dr. Strange? And J.K. Simmons says, we already have that. Or no, what does he say? He says- That's uh, already taken. That's already so that's taken. Great,
2: but
0: that's already taken. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's great. It's already taken. And so that means Doctor Strange is in that universe, has been part of that universe. What if we get a nice scene where we see- you know Benedict Cumberbatch walking by the office in the Daily Bugle saying, "You know I'm Doctor Strange or something." Meeting him, I don't know. I don't know. Is that how we brought him across? I don't know. Well, I'm I was just waiting. saying I've... there's more than meets the eye to 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 our uh, our Jameson.
0: I was waiting for us to get a little crazy, but I, I feel like I'm going to get a something? little crazy here and say that. <laughs> oh, let's go. You know, that that ending where you know, you know Doctor Strange exclaims, "You know I, I can't. You know they're getting through. You know I can't hold them back anymore." I think what we're seeing, what we're going to see is hints at where the Marvel Sony future of of spider-man franchise movies is going because there's a lot of talk of a spider-woman uh even a gwen stacy live action a miles morales could be around the that's corner cool. yeah and yeah. who knows if that's this this sort of window if you will into what we'll see for the future and their seed planting just by just showing us that there's a whole other multiverse of other spider characters that don't necessarily need to be impacted or shaped by tom holland's peter parker but that being said, have you guys watched Venom?
2: Well, that's what I wanted to bring up because, you know, there's a huge post-credit scene there that spoiler not, for second Venom movie. Yeah, yeah, spoiler for that movie. I can't believe more people haven't been talking about that. That that just goes to show you how much other crap is going on with this movie that it sort of took away from that. And, I, and I'm again, I'm not sure how many people did actually go out and see Venom two. Um, but yeah, the fact that we get what looks to be Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock get plucked from his world to a world where J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson is talking about Tom Holland as, as Spider-Man. Spider. Yeah. So w- how is this going to play in? Obviously they're planting seeds that we could see this Venom interact with with Tom Holland. Does that happen in this movie maybe in a post credit scene? Oh. That's that's a,
0: that's a good one. I like that idea.
1: Do you guys have any predictions on who's going to die in the movie?
2: Like do you think anyone's dead? I think one of the the two visiting Spider-Men are going to to die. And it would almost make the most sense for Toby Maguire as I think we're going to see him as sort of at least I hope uh, an older, more grizzled, you know, more battle-worn Sure. Peter Parker. And so I think it would make sense for him to sort of succumb to to that wear and tear at the end of what is obviously the biggest battle any of them have, have kind of faced. Well, other than maybe uh Tom Holland who did the whole Infinity saga. So I mean, I really I don't want MJ
1: to die. I we just talked about how awesome she is, but I mean that that moment where she's falling, I mean it's just maybe but but to your point, Justin, maybe it's Garfield actually he catches her redemption. with his with his with his real hand this time instead of his his spidey web ham and oh. you know cracks her back or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um b- brutal. Uh, but but I really want to quickly touch upon that because you brought up the idea of a grizzled Toby. Um I think it would be interesting you know, obviously, a lot of what's said in interviews and a lot of what's kind of shown off is purposeful. It's part of marketing. This whole storyline, this whole aspect of of Tom Holland coming out and saying, "I, I don't know if I should be Spider Man anymore. Um, I, I kind of want to move on from Spider Man." Do we think that, like, maybe that's Toby's character, Toby's Peter, trying to convince him to say, "Listen, you're you just go live your life. Stop, stop doing this. Stop being." You don't have to be this hero, right? That's the same thing he that, learned
0: in Spider-Man Two, right? Is that he right. doesn't have to be Spider-Man. Who's saying that he has to be helping right. everyone, right? And being a it'll hero.
1: be it'll be really interesting. And then and then is that the way that they bring in you know our our Aaron Davis? Is that the way they they bring him back and and then bring up the nephew that he has and and bring up Miles and we well yeah. Go that I, route? What
2: I was gonna say is the only way that they can do that where where Peter Parker steps away is if we're ready to replace him with Miles Morales. Right, which I don't know if
1: we are just yet. No, no, we're not. We're but not. If, if the next movie is a transition movie, right, if the next Spider-Man movie is, is or, or even if they want to do another trilogy, and then it's like the first one is is still our, our Tom Holland, then they go into the second one, which is Tom and Miles, right, because they'll be aged appropriately by that point, I think. Uh, and, then, and then we, we well, move we into Miles. And
2: so you do it kind of like the video games that PlayStation recently exactly, did. Yeah, dude. that would be yeah. phenomenal. That would be great. Yeah,
0: and, and you also, like, you have to factor in the blip and the time that passed, five years. So, like, you know, Miles Morales is already older if, if he didn't get blipped,
1: right? Oh, true. Right? I didn't even think about it. They could totally yes. use the blip to, to do that age to up because Donald Glover is pretty young in, in Homecoming, or he seems younger, right? He's, yeah. I mean, he's a He's, 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 he's
2: ground level. It, you don't necessarily need to picture Miles Morales as a two-year-old, a five-year-old kid when we meet right. the Donald Glover character. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now,
0: one last thing... Uh, the cast has been in interviews uh, talking about uh, having Timothy Chalamet uh, in the MCU Spider-Man Let's world go. as, as who? Harry Osborn, which I think is oh, absolutely oh. brilliant. In terms oh. of <laughs> that would be awesome. And Tom, Holland, Tom Holland would would like would love that. So
2: my only problem is. You know, because it's always been very well established that Harry or Peter and Harry are best friends. And we've that's clearly not the case in this universe. And so it would definitely I'm fine with them sort of introducing that character in a different way, much like they've done with a lot of the aspects of this series. So it almost works for this series to to introduce that he maybe he's a, a friend that he meets at the beginning of a movie and that goes sour by the end of it.
0: Sure. And, and I think the, the other thing, too, is that we're only seeing him in high school. What's really great is that these three movies are focusing on Peter Parker in high school. So I think that what these future movies could really deal with is seeing college life for Peter Parker. Uh, so, you know, get ready because we might get some American Pie themed, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, Spider-Man if they keep, movies. If they keep
1: John Watts making them and, and then he keeps doing, you know, that sort of classic vintage style like comedy parody <laughs> or national movie lampoon style.
0: style sort of
1: i'm in dude yeah. i'm in yeah. let's go it could let's work go. it
0: could totally work well that's it for our spidey rewatch series we hope you enjoyed this look back if you did and you want to hear more from us well be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts also we want to know what do you think of tom holland as spider-man do you think he was the best spider-man and what's your craziest prediction for spider-man no way home and the future of spider-man You can let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Next time you hear us talking about Spider-Man, we'll have watched the movie like you, which means our review is going to be filled, filled with spoilers. We are going buck, not holding back. (laughs) And I honestly don't think we can talk about this movie unless it is with spoilers so right we're just gonna let you know now that's what's gonna have to happen uh but if you can't wait and you need to hear more of us gab about all things geek centric well we got a ton of other great content for you to enjoy like our quick fire review for kingsman also we have our ongoing watch club for hawkeye with episode five coming out later this week kevin nate Thank you for joining me for this two-part series. I think we're ready for the next installment in the Spider-Man Home series, if you will. I think the next time I, I see you guys, the home series. Yeah. well, the next time I see you guys, I'll probably be seeing you at the theater to watch this movie. So there we go. All right. Well, as we say, whip, whip, whip.